Well, as we uh, begin, a couple of uh, uh, just announcements of things that I want to make sure that we cover before I get to the message. And uh, uh, the first one is that uh, we're going to be starting a widow's ministry here at the church. Am I not? There we go. There we go. And uh, so uh, we're going to be launching that with a Christmas tea uh, here. It's called Never Alone Widow's Ministry, and it's going to be on Saturday, December 2nd. And that's going to be in the newspaper and all that, and we only have so many seats. And I want to make sure for all of our widows in our church that you have an opportunity to join first. And so there's information in your bulletin uh, there that talks about this. But if you would like us to reserve a seat for you, if you're a widow and you'd like to reserve a seat for you, just write T on your connection card. And if you have a friend you want to invite, just let us know that we would have, like, save two seats for you or whatnot. So we make sure that we have that. And for the rest, just be praying for that ministry. Sarissa Hawker starting uh, launching this and, and doing a lot of work into it. Never Alone has been a, a great thing. So uh, the second thing is last week we talked about in our spiritual disciplines, the discipline of uh, our quiet time, spending time with God, how to have a daily meditation. And after that, I've had several folks have questions about, well, how do I do that? And um, so I gave you the, some of the basics for that, but I want to have some tools for you. And so uh, on that welcome table that we have out back there, we have a couple different tools for you. For our ladies, we have the Strong and Courageous, it's a... Uh, it's a journal if you need one that kind of talks about, kind of guides you through a place each day. It says, here's the day, and this is the, the date. Here's the passage that I read and a place for you to journal. And if you have a memory verse or anything to pray for, it's a nice tool for you. You can pick that up there on the back. And for our guys, we have this uh, little daily devotion. Uh, it's uh, called Man of God Rooted in Christ. Look how manly that looks. And even comes with a pen. Come on. Right, but if you need some help, guys, say, like, how do I have a daily quiet time? It talks you through, it has a little passage of scripture and then a little meditation and things, some things to pray about. If you need to get started, need some of those tools, we want to help provide you for those. So that's going to be on that um, welcome table, the blue table in the foyer. Pick one up on your way out if you'd like it. All right, today we're going to talk about kind of that next step, right? So we began with fasting, right? We want to hunger for God. We want to have God, uh, have our spirit ready to, to hear from. Then we, uh, we moved through that, and how do we talk to God? Once we're hungry with him, how do we pray, right? And then after we have that, how do we have that quiet time? How do we hear from him, the, the quiet time? And today we talk about, I think, one of the most misunderstood and mispracticed uh, spiritual disciplines of all, and that is rest, a, a, a Sabbath, a break, a day off as a spiritual discipline. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, some, uh, how to have a, a Sabbath, why, from four, I think, biblical, powerful reasons why we would have a Sabbath, and then how to take one, how to keep a Sabbath, and so uh, in a way that's going to be refreshing and restful. And of course, all this goes back to our anchor verse for our series, 1 Corinthians 9.25. reminds us, these are disciplines. These are things we're going to practice, and we practice disciplines in all kinds of areas of life. In fact, it says all athletes are disciplined in their training, but they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Remind ourselves, these are wonderful, powerful practices. There are things that take effort. You're not going to be good at it first. Uh, it takes intentionality. But remember that the, uh, we're, the effect of these things that we're working towards is eternal. So kind of worth it. All right. So let's talk about the Sabbath. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 2 because Sabbath kind of started at the beginning. For those of you in the Bible, uh, Genesis is the first book of the Bible uh, and it talks about the, the beginning. So we have two chapters there talks about creation. The first one's the big picture of how everything kind of fell into place and the second one kind of more zoomed in on humanity and, and our place in that. And so in Genesis chapter 2, we're just got at the very end of chapter 1, God created everything 
right? Before he then talks about human space in it. And we read this, Genesis 2, verse 2, and it says this, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. There's a little bit of repetition there. I think God wants us to understand something. How many days are there in a week? Seven. Well, who created that? God. And why would he do that? Six days of creating, but on the seventh day, it was a day to be holy, which means different, unlike any other day. And what was it unlike any other day? Well, on all the other days, you got to work. But on the seventh day, you don't. See, the first purpose of the Sabbath, biblically, is it's a day of rest. Right? Sabbath means to rest from labor. That's what it means. And it, the only reason uh, God rested on the seventh day is not because he was tired. God is infinite. He's got all the power, all the energy. Right? He's, he's all powerful. He can keep going. But he rested to set an example for us. Right? And so... Rest is then, therefore, part of God's design for this world, right? Part of our design, because we were made from this world, right? Out of the creation, what did he do? He pulled us out of that, crafted us, and he breathed his spirit into it, right? The seventh day, of, a day of rest, is part of our very design. And so when we ignore it, we ignore it at our own peril. We are working against how God designed us to operate. So, we look at how God even built rest into the world. It wasn't just every seventh day you get a Brit day off. But isn't it great that God made nighttime where all the lights go out and you can't do any work? Right? So you go and you work during the late, in the daytime, and then at night you sleep. And if you try to not sleep, you go crazy. <laughs> but in a longer term place, there are people who never take a day off and they never rest. And life just becomes crazy. Then though that God designed as part of the Sabbath is a day, it's a good thing, right? It is a day of rest. Like, I think it's hilarious that God had to actually tell us, building career, take a day off. Don't work. <laughs> it's important. Now, the second pur uh, purpose we have, and not just a day of rest, I want you to turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31. When we get to Exodus 31, we, you know, Genesis really show, begins the, the beginning of creation and then how the people couldn't save ourselves. And so he had to choose a way to save us. So he chose a, a man named Abraham. He said, I'm going to bring salvation through one of your descendants, gives him a land, all that kind of stuff. And then it ends with that in Genesis, how God brought the people into Egypt. And eventually in Egypt, they became slaves, right? And then after several centuries... God brings the promise, deliver is going to bring them out of Egypt, back to the promised land, right? Part of his plan, and he brings them back as a nation, and they, they were slaves for all of these years, and then God sets them free in a miraculous, wonderful way, 10 plagues, all kinds of wonderful things, walk through the Red Sea, go to Mount Sinai, right? And we end up here at Mount Sinai in a point of freedom where the people have been slaves for so long, and now God is giving them a new identity, a new law, a new way to be. And that's where we are in Genesis 31. And we start there in verse 12, and we read this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. 
This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Remember, holy is different, unlike all the other peoples. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it will be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. I mean, God's serious about this. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. You see how serious God is about taking a day off? You're like, you're going to be different than the rest of the world, because what does the rest of the world do? They slave away nonstop. Pagans are always working because their survival is rested upon their productivity. They are a slave to this world, but God calls his people out of slavery. And one of the first things he does is bring them to a mountain and says, I command you to not be like the rest. You're not slaves any longer. Take a break. And so many of us, we think that Sabbath is only for the Jews. Let's remember that he says it goes back to his design and creation. The Sabbath's for everybody. All of us should be resting, but the world is wanted from God. But for his people, we have the unique privilege and a calling and responsibility to not act like slaves. Take a day off. It's not just for your rest, but look what he says here. On the seventh day, the Lord rested, but there's one other thing. was refreshed. You see, the Sabbath is for our refreshing. That is a huge thing. Do you feel exhausted, burn out, dry? You got nothing left to give? Maybe that's because you're exhausted, burn out, dry, and have nothing left to give. Maybe, maybe the God who provides all things and created this world and has called you into his kingdom out of slavery from all of the sin and all the brokenness and all the hopelessness of this world and called you his child wants to bless you with the provision of refreshing so that you can live life above empty so that we're more than just running on fumes day after day after day but that we can be filled it's important for us to remember because this world is so filled with brokenness and so filled with the curse that oftentimes it's hard for us to remember this, but that we're different in the world. You are a holy people, which means different, set apart, unlike the rest. You have been called out from the slavery of the bondage of the curse, and you have been set apart as God's children. You are heirs of, of the wealth of the riches of his kingdom. He is your provider now. We don't eke away in existence just hoping we can survive. We work now for the glory of God and he provides for us. You're not a slave. Let's stop living like slaves. But you would say, but Aaron, the pagans get to work seven days to make money and to increase their careers and to do all these things to be productive. Yeah, and everything they can produce is 100% based upon whatever they can produce. But you are a child of God. 
And God can do more in six days than you can do in seven, I guarantee it. How do I know? He created the universe in six days. Have you done that? I would need more than seven. God is bigger in you and through you than you can imagine. So trust him with six and take a day off and let him do something wonderful and rich and deep and let him refresh you. When we are refreshed, we become alive. I think about the houseplants that we have in our home, and I'm so blessed, and they are blessed that we have my wife, Amy, because <laughs> I never refresh them. And if enough time goes by, they're there. They're still in the same dirt, same soil, same sunlight, all those things. We're nice to them. But if they don't get refreshed, they start to wilt and shrivel and die and get all crunchy. And so many people in this world, it's exactly what happens. Same dirt, same sun, same blessing, same everything around it. But never being refreshed, we find ourselves without power, without any type of vitality, begin to wilt, begin to die, get all crunchy. Let God refresh you, and he created a space and a way for you to be refreshed, and that is the Sabbath. If you need refreshing, it's there for you. It's part of his design, but it's also part of your privilege as his child. Be refreshed. Third purpose of the Sabbath. I mean, those two are kind of compelling them of themselves, right? Be rested and refreshed, but aren't you glad to know that it's even better than that? Do you want to turn to the New Testament, right? Some of that is the Old Testament. You say, well, Aaron, that's Old Testament stuff. Sabbath's for... We don't want those blessings airing. We don't want a day off. We don't want to be rested and refreshed. That's for Old Testament people. Well, I'm going to have some good news for you. Let's go to the New Testament and talk about Jesus, right? That Jesus came and he brought a New Testament, right? A new covenant that we can be part of. We were saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. What a wonderful thing. Everything from the old covenant being fulfilled in the beauty and the majesty and the wonder of Christ. And that's what we celebrate starting here in this next month, right? An amazing thing. But Jesus came not to put us back into slavery, but to fully set us free, Right? And so Jesus, while on this earth, he's got his disciples, and he's walking through a field on the Sabbath. And his disciples have grumbly tummies. Because if you're hiking, and you didn't pack snacks, you're going to get hungry. So happens, harvest time, walking through a wheat field. Disciples would just kind of take a few grains, rub them together, you know, get the, have a little snack. Well, this caused a big kerfluffle. One of the reasons, actually, Jesus was crucified. Because you see, from the old covenant, it was like, if you don't rest on the Sabbath, you have to be put to death. And what is work? And so they lost anything, I guess. And so it became, they lost the purpose of Sabbath. And so they became like, you have to, it's a work that you have to do to rest. And so it became this, this horrible thing where... Uh, People start arguing, should Jesus and his disciples be put to death because they had a few grains on a walk? And Jesus begins, he talks about this, Mark 2, starting verse 25. He says, Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
this is an important thing for us to realize. It's not that he is instituting a new law. It's he explaining how the law should always be understood. And he's referring way back to a time when there was this King David, right? And he was on the run. He was, had the people out to get him. And he had an army with him, and they were, they were starving. And they go to the temple, and they, how am I going to feed these guys? And there is bread there for provision, and, which is consecrated. And by the law, those guys weren't supposed to eat it. But by compassion, David had the priest and who gave them that bread so that they could eat. And God said this was right. This is important for us to realize that, that uh, the third purpose that we find of the Sabbath is this, is that the Sabbath is for our good. But the law was there to help draw us closer to God. The, the law is there to, so that we could live this higher and better way. The law was not designed to be this horrible burden that brings death and destruction. God is a God of life. Where the people had missed the law when they had the Sabbath is they made this a burden instead of a freedom. It's a day off. It's not supposed to be a work. We have to take it seriously. God wanted people to take it seriously because it was a sign between him and the rest of the world that his people were different. They're not going to live like slaves. And so, yes, there is that. But to realize that the Sabbath, God didn't give the Sabbath so Christians could be miserable one day a week. That's, that's not why he did that. that. That The Sabbath was made for us. We were part of this world, the creationist world that has this rhythm that, that we have this certain amount of effort. We have to have rest in order for us to be healthy, in order for the operation of creation to work according to its design. We need that. And we also have this day of rest because we have been set free from the curse and we are now set free from slavery. So we have this sign that we have been redeemed by God and the evidence will be very practical in our lives as he becomes our provider. We need that rest, but ultimately it's for our good. Like when we turn away from the Sabbath, when people say, I'm too busy for that, it's like saying, I'm too busy to brush my teeth, right? You're, you're going to have problems at some point. It's going to become evident at some point, right? There are, there are things in our life that we put into practice and to play because they are good for us. And Sabbath, on a very deep creation level, is good for us. It's a good thing. God told us to take a day off, not so we could become lazy, not so we can get behind on other people. He did it for us, for our joy. So we have to be careful when we practice the Sabbath. We're not about being legalistic. Right? We, we can't go into this thing and make it this, this thing where I have to do some work and this effort that I have to make sure I get in my life, and if not, then you know, there's this judgment I have. got to judge other people who don't rest the way that I think they ought to and all these things. That's, that's missing the point. God gave us rest for our good because he loves us. And if you're missing out on a Sabbath, you're missing out on something really, really good. A gift of God for you. The fourth purpose of the Sabbath, not is it just for our good, but Colossians chapter 2. This is written by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit through a, through a church at Colossae, learning how to follow after Christ. There was a not many people in that community that were Jewish. There were some. But this whole concept of taking a day of rest was foreign to the pagan mind. Like, what? Because I'll tell you this, Zeus didn't give you a day off. He was an awful taskmaster, and he certainly wasn't going to provide for you. Right, so the people would work and work and work and work and work until they finally died, and people died much younger, right? And then the gospel comes in and invades this community, and there's a whole new way to be. 
a whole new way to exist, not just as, as aliens or, or those who are different from God, not just those who, who just uh, fear God somewhere on a mountain, but those who come to God as Abba, Father, as Savior, as also their King and their Lord, who have this whole different way of existing, a holy people. And Paul writes to these, these believers, and, and most likely he was in Rome, probably in prison, when he wrote this, this passage to them, talking to them about these important instructions, which he probably taught them while he was with them. But now as he's ready to pass the baton, making sure the church will be healthy, that there was a, a debate going on then, how do we practice this? The Jews, who were part of that community, understood the Sabbath. They had it well established, but the Gentiles, totally different. And was it only for the Jews? Well, in verse 13, we read this, and he writes to everybody, and he says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us and has taken it away and nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival or new moon celebration or Sabbath day. These things are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. What a wonderful thing that he's saying in the church, right? That God has given us this, this new way of, of being, right? But he didn't put the Sabbath in there to be some kind of religious thing that would separate Jews from Gentiles, something that we would judge each other on and base things like this. No. What does he do? He takes all those things and he focuses and says that the purpose is Jesus. Let us remember why it is we live the way we live. And the Sabbath, therefore, becomes an invitation for worship. The most clear and most beautiful thing. They know when you take a Sabbath, you are making a declaration to the world that there is a creator who made the world in six days and rested on the seventh. You're not just saying it with your lips, but with your very life. You are actually expressing your faith in a, by worshiping God with your time, which means you're centering your time around God. And you're saying, God, I'm trusting you with one-seventh of my time. I'm not going to be productive on this day. I'm going to trust that you are going to make up what I can't do on this day because you are real. This is faith that is not just spoken. This is faith in practice. It is a testimony that God is a real God. Every time you choose to rest on a Sabbath day, you are making a declaration to heaven, the powers and the principalities out there that fought against God, and you are declaring and making a spectacle of them, and you are saying, no, our God is not just a God of imagination, he is a God of reality, and he exists in my life today. And my creation, my week, my world revolves around him. And you are inviting the power of God and the presence of God to start your time with. Every day, every second after that has been centered on the reality of a creator who is with you and a redeemer who has set you free. What a wonderful reminder that you're not alone, that you are not slaves, that you are part of a world that has a very incredible design and that this God is a good God. 
And he has called you out of all of this horrible curse and back to the wonderful promise of being his children. Those he loves. Those who have the privilege to enjoy the good things of his creation. Sabbath is an invitation to worship him. And if we fail that, if we think of Sabbath as like, oh, this religious obligation, oh, this other thing that I just have to do, we've missed the whole point. And so we have the Sabbath, a day of rest. Could you use rest? A day to be refreshed. Could you use a little refreshing? A day for your good. Could you use some of that? to center on Christ. I know we all could use that. So how do you take a Sabbath? Well, it's not hard. Basic, I could tell you, don't work. But I'm going to help you. So here's the first thing. How do you take a Sabbath? The first thing you got to do is you got to make it a priority. The thing in our life is we always do what we prioritize, right? In fact, you can never make somebody do something they truly don't want to do. Right? And you're like, well, what about you know, somebody getting arrested? They want to be arrested. Well, at some point, they're giving in to that because it hurts too much not to be arrested. Right? Well, I don't want to pay my taxes. Yes, but I do pay my taxes because the alternative is so bad. Right? Like everybody, every choice you make in your life, you are somehow willing yourself to do it. And, and people say, well, I don't have time for a Sabbath. Well, it's because you have other priorities that you say are more important than that. It's kind of like the people in Egypt. When they got set free, the Israelites, they, they were there, and then they were constantly saying, well, we should go back to Egypt because we're there, even though we were slaves, at least we knew what life was like. And it's difficult being a child of God because now we are on this grand new adventure with God, a redemptive adventure, and it's not like the rest of the world. It's not the old way. You're not a slave any longer. You're not under the curse any longer. And it is easy to go back to the old, corrupt, broken ways of living. But if you make a priority, I trust you, God's not going to let you down. You're walking into the incredible unknown with a mysterious and powerful God. It's an expression of faith. But do you want to experience God? Do you want to have refreshing and his provision? Do you want to be rested? Make it a priority. And just on a practical level, do you know that you can do a whole lot more when you're rested versus, you know, than when you're exhausted? It's just the way that it is. I was in college. I was one of those weirdos that got my eight-hour sleep. My roommates would stay up all night, and they would cram for tests and things like this. I would want to do that. I slept. And why did I sleep? Because I thought better. When I was tired, I couldn't remember things. And I'm a little dyslexic, and words start moving around when I'm tired, and that makes the world hard. So, rest became a priority. And I'm glad it did. I got sick a lot less than other people. I felt a lot better. I got better grades. You can do more if you're rested than if you're exhausted. On a practical level, it's for your good. So make it a priority. It's not going to enter your schedule unless you decide to make it part of your schedule. The next thing you got to do then is once it's a priority, make it part of your schedule. It's kind of like God tied it to time. Kind of like he made the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested, kind of setting a pattern for us, because we are creatures of habit, right? We are a pattern-living type of people. 
And just think about when you go and you like take a shower, you probably start the same place every single time, right? You have a way of doing things. If you brush your teeth, you probably start in the same tooth every single time. We have patterns to life, right? And if we didn't, we would be exhausted mentally, try to think through every single thing. What am I going to do next? You know, Sabbath rest should be part of our regular routine. So you got to put it on your schedule until it becomes part of your regular routine. So be proactive. Say, this is when I'm going to rest, and then rest. Now, a good day to do that is Sunday. It's a natural day because most people don't work on that day, and you got church on that day. And look at you. You're already here. you got a good start. So I would suggest, why don't you do that one? Because the third thing you want to do there is worship God on the Sabbath. Why? Because Sabbath is an invitation for worship. It's even why the, the Jewish people who were not supposed to work at all on the Sabbath, what do they do? They gather in synagogue. You know that worship isn't work at all. Worship is centered on God. It's the most natural thing ever. It's kind of like our, our, our earth where it rotates around the sun. It just kind of naturally does that. Gravity just keeps it in its space. It would take a lot of effort to throw the earth off its orbit. That's what worship is. And when our life is centered on God, it's when we finally take all the pressure off. There's no more energy. We're just resting in the presence of God. That's why it's refreshing. So I would suggest Sunday for most. For me, it's a lousy day for me to take a Sabbath because I'm kind of working. So I'll have to pick a different day. But take a day, it's a regular day, and rest and make sure part of that day is starting on God. Remind yourself why you are resting. And give God gratitude for it. Isn't it wonderful that he gives you a day off? From the highest level, he says you can rest. So you need refreshing, take that day. Go to church. Church is a day of sacred or holy assembly. It's with other people who also have this. It's an important thing to do. So worship God. Now, the next one is probably the most obvious. As you're doing that, don't work. Just That's the whole point. Working takes effort. It drains you. Now, we could be legalistic and go down to and say, well, you can't pick any wheat leaves or anything like that, even if you're hungry on that day. That's, you know what work is. If it's something that you're doing to be productive, that you're trying to just you know, get ahead, don't do that. Take a day. Be serious about it. Don't do something productive. Do things that are refreshing, right? And so that doesn't just include, I'm not going to go to my office on that day. That includes things like, don't do the honeydew list on that day, the house chores, things like this. Take a day of rest. The socks can be washed tomorrow, okay? They can. Just rest. Have the excuse. You can watch a movie that day. Watch some TV. Watch your favorite ball game. I don't care. Whatever refreshes you, do it. Right? Because that's the next thing that you want to do is rest and enjoy. Sabbaths are not supposed to be a drag. They're supposed to be refreshing. They're supposed to be good. Maybe it's on that day you take a nap. That's what gets you going. Do it. Right? If it's reading a fun book, do that. Going on a nice walk, do that. Spending time with the people that you love, do that. Whatever it is that refreshes you, do that. And the last part is you've got to make it a habit. Keep at it. You know, it, it's, it's so crazy that we have to have this as a law, but I need this as a law. This <laughs> be like, do something truly good and enjoyable so you have a full and restful and happy life. And why do I buck against the Sabbath so much? And when I was a young Christian, I would read this. I was like, well, Jesus came and fulfilled the law, so we don't need a Sabbath. <laughs> why would I do that? 
like, okay, so now I can be a slave and work all the time and not be refreshed and have good things. That's why Jesus came. That's not good news. That is one of the reasons that, that we find in Genesis, the Sabbath was tied to creation. It was even before the law was given. It's just part of our design. And even when he gave the law, what did he say? This is an everlasting covenant. Like, don't get rid of this, guys. This is for your good. Let's just make sure that we keep it as a point that it is for our good. And that we rest and refresh and that we center on God. So make it a habit. Just keep at it. Now, here's the thing. You're going to be lousy at this at first. Because any new skill, any new habit, you're going to be lousy at at first. It's just the way that it is. So when I first started taking a Sabbath, I was really awful at it. In fact, I was awful at it because I was bad at prior, of, of managing my own time. So I had other things that if I took a Sabbath, then responsibilities were going to get dropped. And so I felt like, well, I can't do this because I was mismanaging the resource of time which God had given me. And I had to start learning how to manage my time. I even got like a little notebook that has like a calendar on. It felt like such a nerd, but I worked at it. And I first started taking a Sabbath. At first, it was like a half a day. It's all I could do, right? And the rest of the time, I would just be full of anxiousness. But I worked until I was able to take a day off and become part of my life. And now, it's as natural as breathing. Now, that took about two and a half years. And it took a lot of effort. So maybe with you, if you're figuring out how to do it, get some time and task management. If you need some of those skills, we've got great people in the church who are really good at that. And I know that they'd be happy to, to help you because they helped me figure this out. Right? So if you need that, write on there. I need help on your connection card. Let me know. We'll help you coach you into time and task management. But also, make it a priority. Put it on your calendar and start getting a day of rest. You're going to get better at it. And pretty soon, it's just going to be part of life. And if you miss your Sabbath, you're going to notice. Right? God's not going to strike you dead. Okay? It, you'll be okay. But you will have missed out on something good and you'll know it. And you'll be easy to kind of snap back into it. Okay. So make it a habit. That is basically why we have a Sabbath. Isn't that good? Yeah, to, it's, it, to rest, to refresh, to have something good in our life, right? To, a place to recenter on, on God. And it's really simple, just to put it into our life in these very practical ways. I, I guarantee you, this discipline will make an eternal difference, but it will start now. And you will be so happy you began. So, how do you start taking a Sabbath? Well, there's those things, but I have some points on my connection card that for you, some next steps to begin to apply that. And the first one I'm going to challenge you to do is to memorize 1 Corinthians 9.25. Remember that you're doing this. It is a discipline. It is, but it's a worthy discipline, and it's a good one. Take a day off. Remind yourself that this is something that is really important for your spiritual health, your emotional health, your physical health. This is a really important thing, so right, make it a priority. Something else you want to do is read Psalm 63. Why? Well, I think in Psalm 63, you're going to see what kind of what it looks like, the joy of the Sabbath. What does it mean to connect with God? The third thing I'm going to encourage you to do is make the commitment to this. Start keeping a Sabbath. Say, I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to start to do things. I'm not going to work on that day. I'm going to do things that are refreshing. I'm just try it out. Give it a month, right? Go for a Sabbath. Try it. Put it into your life. And as you do, the fourth commitment is this, to replace work with worship. Right? On the Sabbath, it's different than every other day. Every other day, you've got to work, right? That's part of we, we live in this world. God wants us to work. It's a good thing. But you've got a day where you don't have to do anything. 
So don't just replace that with doing nothing. Replace that by centering yourself around God. So part of that is being here at church. That's an important part of worshiping God with your time. But also in your rest, do it with gratitude. Isn't it wonderful that God wants you to have time to enjoy the beautiful blessings of this life? So enjoy them. Now, all four of those are good next steps. I hope there's at least something on there you're willing to take. If there's something different that you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to do, do that. Write it on your connection card so I know how to pray for you this week. But if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, the Sabbaths can be for you, but you're missing out, right? The real Sabbath, the full rest is in Christ. And so maybe your first step, if you're not a follower of Jesus, to become a follower, step away from the curse. Jesus came and he died on a cross to forgive you for all of your sins. Nailing him on the cross, making a, a spectacle of all the evil forces and all the wickedness of this world. He overcame everything that separated you from God that has kept you under the curse and in the slavery and the bondage of this world. Why not step free? Become a follower of Jesus. It says in scripture, we're saved by God's grace, his kindness. Simply through our faith in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Scripture tells us we express that faith and by believing, that's trusting Him, even with our doubts. And repenting means turning towards Him and following His new wonderful way of life. And confessing, it means identifying with Jesus. Now you have a Lord and Savior who is your God now. And also with our baptism, being having our sins washed away and being born again into a whole new family, and then being disciple, part of a, a wonderful church family, expressions of faith that's just a way of life you need to take that first step, let me know. Don't leave today. Let's take that so that you can enjoy the full rest. And then we look forward to someday the eternal rest that we have with God. Well, hopefully all of us have a next step to take. If you have one, put it on that connection card. I would invite everybody please to take those cards, drop them in the offering basket as they're passed, right? Whatever it is, make it a commitment of yourself to walk closer to the Lord this week. Let me pray for you as you make these commitments. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of the Sabbath Thank you for the joy of knowing that, that we don't have to wait to the hereafter to enjoy your blessings here and now. So, Father, I pray for this congregation. Increase our faith and our faithfulness. Give us the capacity and the ability to put in practice this wonderful discipline of rest. Help us to be people who, who rest regularly, who have a Sabbath, to worship you, to be rested and refreshed for our good. Take these commitments that we're making. Help us to become more faithful in them, Father. May we not be discouraged. Lord, instead, I pray that you would bless those who step closer to you as you say to your word. If we come near you, you come near us. But Father, in this, we pray that not only would we be blessed, but that you would be glorified. We pray all of this in the beautiful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.